and you're listening to Pharmaceutical Calculations, a podcast about tips, tricks, and strategies for solving pharmaceutical calculations. This episode was originally broadcast on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash pharmaceutical calculations easy. In this video, we are going to be taking a look at basic math concepts for pharmaceutical calculations. And in this video, we are actually going to be focusing on converting common units. So a really excellent resource to use is Pharmaceutical Calculations by Ansel and Stockton. And the content you need to master is actually in chapter 2 from pages 17 to 32 of the 15th edition. Now, the two main things we want to achieve from this video, the first one is to be able to convert measures within the international system of units. And then the second objective is to convert measures between or among the different units, which would be the international system of units and other systems of measure used in pharmacy, such as the Vladipoa and the Pothecary. So the way the video is structured is we're going to start off with a quick high-level overview of what international system of units is. We're going to look at the basic units for each dimension that we're going to be working with. Then we are going to look at the various subdivisions and multiples of the basic units for each of those dimensions and wrap it up with five strategically selected examples on how you do conversions within the international system of units. We're going to follow that up with a high-level quick overview of the common households of measures and then we'll look at five powerful examples of conversion of measures between the various units. So let's get right to it. The International System of Units, also known as the SI units, is the official system of measurement that is used in pharmacy and also in medicine. Now, the International System of Units has three basic units. You have liters for volume, grams for weight, and meters for length. Now, typically, when you compound it in pharmacy, you're mostly going to be focused on volume and weight, but it's important to have an appreciation of all those three basic units. Now, it's important to also mention the other common systems of measurement, and that would be the avoirdupois and the apothecary. Now, the avoirdupois system is actually commonly used in the United States as a measuring system for mass. And in the avoirdupois system, the basic units are actually grain, ounce, and pound. The apothecary system originated in Greece and it has standard units for both mass and volume. Now, it's important to mention that only the apothecary system of mass is used in pharmacy. So now that we know what the basic units of the international system of units are, which once again is liters for volume, grams for weight, and meters for length, typically when you are compounding or working with products, you're going to be using quantities that are either smaller than the basic unit or larger. And so we want to be familiar of the relationship between those smaller units and the multiples of the basic unit. So let's take a scenario where you're weighing something out to compound and the basic unit of mass is grams but your quantities are much less than a gram. So let's say it's a thousand times less, then that would be a milligram. So you'll be using a subdivision there. Now the milli refers to one thousandth of a gram in this instance. Now let's say it was a thousand times more heavier than the basic unit of mass, which is grams. Then you'll be talking about a multiple of the basic unit, which would be kilograms. So understanding the relationship between all the various subdivisions and the basic unit is ultra important in order to do the conversions within the SI unit system. And so it's really important to have memorized the various subdivisions and multiples of the basic unit. That way you can easily do your conversions within the international system of units. So now that we have reviewed the subdivisions and multiples of the basic unit in the international system of units, let's now explore how you convert from smaller to larger units and larger to smaller units within the international system of units. Now, it's important to note that the international system of units, also known as the metric system, is based on the decimal system. 
So to change the SI denomination to the next larger denomination, they're going to move the decimal point one place to the left. Let's take a look at a very nice example. So let's say you have kilograms, hectograms, decagrams, and grams. You will notice that the kilogram is the largest quantity compared to the grams, which is the smallest quantity in this comparison. Now, if you started off with 3,456 grams, then how you convert that to the decagram will be that you're going to move the decimal place from after the 6 to before the 6. So you move it one place to the left because the decagram is 10 times larger than the gram. So now if you're converting the decagram to hectogram, then you're going to move the decimal point one place to the left again because the hectogram is 10 times larger than the decagram. And if you're moving from hectogram to kilogram, then the decimal point will move one place again to the left because the kilogram is 10 times larger than the hectogram. So whenever you're moving the SI denomination to the next larger denomination, you simply move the decimal point one place to the left. Now, oftentimes you need to convert from grams to kilograms and you don't necessarily have to go through each of those steps. You can use the understanding that the kilogram is a thousand times larger than the gram and simply move the decimal point three places to the left. Now, a similar strategy can be used when you're converting from larger units to smaller units. And the way that will work is to change an SI denomination to the next smaller denomination, you're going to move the decimal point one place to the right. So let's take a look at another example. So here you have grams and milligrams. Now the milligrams is much, much smaller than the grams in this comparison. And so if you needed to convert 5.689 grams to milligrams, then what's going to happen is you're going to take the decimal point and move it one place to the right to move from grams to decigram. And that's because the gram is 10 times larger than the decigram. Or another way to think about it is the decigram is 10 times smaller than the gram. Now to move from decigram to centigram, you're going to move the decimal point one place to the right again and that's because the centigram is 10 times smaller than the decigram and to move from centigram to milligram you're going to move the decimal point one place to the right again and you're going to end up with 5689 milligrams and that's because the milligram is 10 times smaller than the centigram so if you needed to move directly from grams to milligrams then you need to have a factor of a thousand in which case you're going to move the decimal point three places to the right so now that we have reviewed key concepts in international system of units let's proceed to apply this understanding to solve some practice problems this question says convert 1275 milligrams to grams now an excellent way to solve this question is to use dimensional analysis and if you need a quick review on dimensional analysis i encourage you to check out the video on ratio proportion and dimensional analysis and then come back to this question now it's important to note that in this question we are converting within si units because you have milligrams to grams and all of that is within the international system of units now in using dimensional analysis we want to determine some quantity in grams and so we're going to set this equal to the given quantity which is 1275 milligrams we're going to multiply this by the conversion factor now how do you get from milligrams to grams you need a thousand milligrams to get one gram so you have a thousand milligrams in the denominator and that's equal to one gram now you would recall from dimensional analysis that the units cancel from numerator to the denominator so we have the milligrams here cancelling this milligrams out and so now the quantity in grams is going to be equal to 1275 times one gram divided by 1000 and so this is going to be equal to 1.275 grams this question says how many kilograms are in 8.8 .8 times 10 to the power 5 micrograms so an excellent way to solve this question is to use dimensional analysis and what that would look like is we want to determine some quantity in kilograms 
And so this is going to be equal to the given quantity, which is 8.8 times 10 to the power 5 micrograms. And now we need to multiply this by a conversion factor that takes us either directly from micrograms to kilograms, or we can transition through one of the intermediary subdivisions. So since there are so many subdivisions of the basic unit, a very strategic way is to compare everything to the basic unit itself. And so with that understanding, it would imply that 1 times 10 to the power 6 microgram is equal to 1 gram. And then we can now determine the number of grams that is needed to make a kilogram. Now a thousand grams make 1 kilogram. So at this point, we can cancel all the terms numerator to denominator. So the micrograms in the numerator here cancel out the micrograms in the denominator. And then the grams in the numerator here cancels out the grams in the denominator here. And so at this point, we have a quantity in kilograms, which is equal to 8.8 .8 times 10 to the power 5 times 1 times 1 kilogram divided by 1 times 10 to the power 6 times 1,000. And so your answer is going to be equal to 8.8 .8 times 10 to negative 4 kilograms. Now, this question says convert 3.5 liters to cc or cubic centimeters. So we're going to use dimension analysis here. And what that would look like is you're going to have some quantity in cc or cubic centimeters. And that's going to be equal to the given quantity, which is 3.5 liters. Now, we need to multiply this by some factor to get to either cubic centimeters directly or get to an intermediary, which will allow us to get to cubic centimeters. So a very strategic conversion factor to use here would be 1 liter is equal to 1,000 milliliters. So the liters will cancel out and you're now in units of milliliter. But we need to get to cubic centimeter. So we're going to multiply this by some conversion factor. And what it is is 1 milliliter is equal to 1 cubic centimeter. So now the milliliters can cancel out and you are in units of cubic centimeter. Centimeter. And so the next step then is your cubic centimeter quantity that you're looking for is going to be equal to 3.5 times 1000 times 1 cubic centimeter divided by 1 times 1. Essentially, you're multiplying all the terms in the numerator, dividing by all the terms in the denominator. And now that's going to be equal to 3500 cc. This question says add 7.25 liters and 875 centiliters and then reduce to milliliters. So we're going to use dimension analysis to solve this question. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to convert the liters to centiliters so that they are the same dimensions, add them up, and then use dimension analysis again to convert them to milliliters. So let's see what that looks like. So we need to get to centiliters. So that's going to be equal to 7.25 liters. We need to convert the liters to centiliters. And we're going to use a conversion factor that one liter is 100 centiliters. So now the liters can cancel out. And this is going to be equal to 725 centiliters. So in the next step, you're going to add the 725 centiliters to the 875 centiliters. And that's going to be equal to 1600 centiliters. And we need to convert this to milliliters so we're going to use dimension analysis once again so some quantity in milliliters is going to be equal to 1600 centiliters times the conversion factor to move from centiliters to milliliters and the conversion factor we want to use is that one centiliter is 10 milliliters now all of these conversion factors you can find from the chart or the subdivisions and multiples or the basic unit that we looked at earlier so we can now go ahead and cancel the centiliters out and you can multiply all the terms in the numerator and divide it by all the terms in the denominator. That would imply that you have 1600 times 10 milliliters divided by 1 and that's going to be equal to 16,000 milliliters. This question says an inhalation aerosol contains 225 milligrams of metaproterenol sulfate which is sufficient for 300 inhalations. How many micrograms of metaproterenol sulfate will be contained in each inhalation? 
from now how the question is framed we're actually doing a conversion and we're converting from essentially milligrams to micrograms but then it's per inhalation and so we can use dimension analysis here and we want to get to the units of microgram per inhalation so now this is going to be equal to the given quantity and what we have here is we have 225 milligrams and these 225 milligrams are in 300 inhalations so we can all convert the milligrams to micrograms by multiplying this by the conversion factor the one milligram is also a thousand microgram so the milligrams cancel out and we are looking for microgram per inhalation and so that's going to be equal to 225 times a thousand micrograms divided by 300 inhalations times one and so this is going to be equal to 750 micrograms per inhalation so in performing pharmaceutical calculations you're going to encounter what is known as the common household measures and it's important to understand the conversion factors between the common household measures and the metric system or the international system of units so on this slide you have the high frequency common household measures the important point to stress is you need to have these conversions stenciled in your mind so you need to know that one teaspoonful is equal to five milliliters one tablespoonful 15 milliliters one floor ounce about 30 milliliters these conversions you need to have completely stenciled in your mind so that you can convert either from the common household measures to the SI unit or from the SI unit to these common household measures. Now, in addition to the common household measures, you also need to be strongly familiar with the avoirdupois system of weights. And in particular, you need to understand the relationship between the avoirdupois system of weights and the metric system or the SI units. So, for example, you need to have stenciled in your mind that one grain is equal to 65 milligrams. So, now that we have reviewed the international system of units, the common household measures, and the avoirdupois system of weights, let's now apply all of this information to solve some practice problems which will allow us to apply these concepts in converting among the various systems of measurement. This question says, a syrup contains 12 grains of a pain reliever in each fluid ounce. How many milliliters contain 650 milligrams? So in this question, we are actually looking for volume in milliliters, which essentially is a conversion from the fluid ounce to the milliliters. And so we can really use dimensional analysis here. And what that's going to look like is we need to get to some quantity in milliliters. But what have we been given? We've been given information that says that in each fluid ounce, so one fluid ounce, it contains 12 grains. And we need to determine the volume in milliliters, which contains 650 milligrams. So we need to multiply this by 650 milligrams. Now we cannot cancel out the grains and the milligrams. So we are going to go ahead and convert the milligrams to grains. And we are going to multiply this by a conversion factor from the voie de poids system of weights. And that conversion factor is 65 milligrams is equal to one grain. Now the grain will cancel out, the milligrams will cancel out, and you are in units of fluid ounce. But we need to be in milliliters. We are going to multiply this by another conversion factor. This time it takes us from fluid ounce to milliliters. And the conversion factor is one fluid ounce is equal to 30 milliliters. So now the fluid ounce cancels out and your only units left are milliliters. And so we can move on to the next step, which essentially is multiplying all the terms in the numerator and dividing by all the terms in the denominator. So that would imply that you have one times 650 times one times 30 milliliters divided by 12 times 65 times one. And now this is going to be equal to 25 milliliters. This question says, if 0.5 liters of a medicinal solution is dispensed to a patient who takes one tablespoonful of the solution four times a day for seven days, how many milliliters of the solution remain? Conversion factor, one tablespoonful is equal to 15 milliliters.
So this question involves some proportional reasoning and conversion and the ultimate goal is to determine the volume in milliliters that would remain after a patient takes one tablespoonful four times a day for seven days. And so the strategy here will be first to determine the original volume that you have in milliliters. So we're going to take this 0.5 liters, convert that to milliliters and then go ahead and determine the amount in milliliters that has been consumed by the patient and then we'll go ahead and find the difference between those two values to determine the volume in milliliters of the solution that remains. And so the first thing we'll do is we're going to take this 0.5 liters and convert that to milliliters and we're going to use a conversion factor that one liter is a thousand milliliters. So the liters cancel out and at this point they're going to be having 500 milliliters. And so the next step is now to determine the volume in milliliters that the patient has consumed. And so we need to end up in milliliters once again and we're going to start off with the one tablespoon full. So we have one tablespoon full and the patient is taking this four times in one day and taking it for seven days. So now the days cancel out and you have essentially one tablespoon. And so now you need to convert the tablespoon full to milliliters so we're going to use a conversion factor the one tablespoon full is equal to 15 milliliters so the tablespoon full cancels out and now essentially what you have is one times four times seven times 15 milliliters basically multiply all the terms in the numerator divided by all the terms in the denominator in the denominator you have one and so this value is going to be equal to 420 milliliters and so now to actually calculate the volume in milliliters that remains we're going to take the 500 milliliters which is the original volume and subtract the 420 milliliters from it and so that would imply that you have 500 milliliters minus 420 milliliters and that's going to be equal to 80 milliliters this question says a physician orders two fluid ounces of liquid medication how many tablespoonfuls should the patient take per day until it is all gone so a really elegant way to solve this question is to use dimensional analysis. It involves proportional reasoning and also conversions. And the approach we want to take is we are now looking for the number of tablespoonfuls per day. And so we have tablespoonful per day. And that's going to be equal to the quantity that's been given. Now the quantity that's been given is two fluid ounces per day. So you have two fluid ounces in one day. And we want to convert the fluid ounces to tablespoonfuls. So an excellent approach to use here is to use the conversion factor. The one fluid ounce is the same as 30 milliliters. At this point, the fluid ounces cancelled out. They're left in units of milliliters. We don't stop there. But we're going to multiply this by the conversion factor. That 15 milliliters is one tablespoonful. So now the milliliters cancels out and so we're still looking for tablespoonfuls per day we're going to multiply all the terms in the numerator and divide it by all the terms in the denominator and that would imply that you have 2 times 30 times 1 tablespoonful divided by day times 1 times 15 and now that's going to be equal to 4 tablespoonfuls per day this question says a child accidentally swallowed two fluid ounces of furosol elixir containing two-thirds grain of ferrous sulfate per teaspoonful. How many ferrous sulfate in milligrams did the child ingest? So here we are looking for quantity in milligrams, which essentially is two-third grain per teaspoonful. So we're going to put two-thirds of a grain per teaspoonful. 
and we're going to multiply this by the volume of the elixir which is two fluid ounces so we multiply this by two fluid ounces the teaspoonful and the fluid ounces cannot cancel out so we're going to convert the fluid ounces to teaspoonfuls but we're first going to convert it to milliliters so we're going to use the conversion factor that one fluid ounce is the same as 30 milliliters at this point the fluid ounces can cancel out but you still have milliliters and teaspoonful we cannot cancel out so we're going to convert the milliliters to teaspoonful using the conversion factor that five milliliters is one teaspoonful so the milliliters can cancel out the teaspoonful can cancel out but we are still in grains and we need to be in milligrams so we're going to multiply this by the conversion factor that one grain is 65 milligrams so now the grain cancels out and you are in units of milligrams and so the next step then is to multiply all the terms in the numerator divided by all the terms in the denominator and that would imply that you have two-thirds times two times 30 times one times 65 milligrams divided by one times five times one that's going to be equal to 520 milligrams this question says a prescription calls for a patient to use 1.5 tablespoonful of medicated mouthwash two times per day how many milliliters of medicated mouthwash should be dispensed for a five-day regimen so this question involves proportional reasoning and conversions and an excellent way to approach it is to use dimensional analysis. The ultimate goal here is to end up with volume in milliliters and so we have some quantity in milliliters and that should be equal to the given quantity. Now the given quantity here is 1.5 tablespoonful and the patient is taking this two times per day. So two times per day and is taking it for five days. So now the days cancel out and you're in tablespoonful and so now the next step is to multiply all of this by a conversion factor that takes you from tablespoonful to milliliters and now one tablespoonful is 15 milliliters the tablespoonful cancels out and so the next step is to multiply all the terms in the numerator and divide it by all the terms in the denominator and that would imply that you have 1.5 times 2 times 5 times 15 milliliters divided by 1 and that's going to be equal to 225 milliliters in this video, we reviewed conversion of common units. Now, the mathematical concepts covered are extremely important when solving pharmaceutical calculations. And I encourage you to do more practice so that you become very confident in using these techniques. Thank you for listening to today's episode from RX Calculations. You can find all the episodes on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash pharmaceutical calculations easy or as articles on our website at rxcalculations.com. If you have any questions on any pharmaceutical calculations topic or you would like to suggest future topics, you can post them on our pharmaceutical calculations forum, website or YouTube channel. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Thanks for listening to today's episode and enjoy life.